What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Homefield Apparel? You guys, the premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously, one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection now. Now over 20 pieces in total on their site, homefieldapparel.com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, If you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie that says Auburn Hoops. Easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word, Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product and Auburn is one of their biggest sellers like that new peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. An exciting update for you guys here on the Auburn undercover podcast. We are proud to partner a new partnership here on the show, New Orleans-based Prime Shrimp, Shrimp Company, to give you guys some delicious, easy-to-cook shrimp. You can get it delivered straight to your door. These guys have been peeling shrimp in New Orleans since the 40s, and they're excited to debut an exciting new product for you guys to get restaurant-quality shrimp at home. Get this under 10 minutes without any of the usual fuss of cooking. The concept is simple and easy. You guys can take the frozen pouch right out of your freezer, drop it in a pot of boiling water. You have that shrimp ready in 10 minutes order at primeshrimp.com you guys can get it delivered straight to your door and for the first week of our partnership with them you guys can use the code auburn247 that's all caps all one word auburn247 50 percent off your first purchase try it today risk-free purchase again primeshrimp.com if you guys don't love it you get your money back flavors include signature seasoned french quarter alfredo garlic herb butter and guys the louisiana shrimp boil i've i've had it i cannot get enough of it. my wife really loves the french quarter alfredo but i absolutely cannot get enough of the louisiana shrimp boil so you guys are going to love this stuff again 50 percent off we're going to continue on after that with them we're going to have deals with them after that but this week only our first week auburn 24 7 all one word all caps auburn 247 50 percent off your first purchase again that is primeshrimp.com Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We are going to today continue our series looking at each of Auburn's regular season opponents. Working backwards a little bit so far, we had uh, Penn State was our first one. Wanted to start with that um, in light of the scheduling news. Now everybody is excited about that return game um, in that home-and-home series. Now we're going to work backwards a little bit to Auburn's first two home games of the season before we move forward in SEC play. And we are bringing on today Mr. Jackson Moore, um, who covers San Jose State. Jackson, thanks so much for for joining us today. This is a matchup that um, hasn't been hasn't been played very much in recent years. It's been since 2014 that these teams um, last met. But at the same time, all of a sudden, there's a lot of coaching familiarity here. Um, Brian Harson coached in the Mountain West. Um, he went against San Jose State. 
pretty often. So I wanted to start off with you talking about last season for the Spartans. We'll just get right into things. It was a great 2020 for them. It, I mean, one of their best seasons um, in recent memory. Then things kind of fell off. Tell me about their 2021 season and, and what this te- what kind of year this team is coming off of um, and why things went from from a mountain, you know, the Mountain West Championship down to the, I believe it was, yeah, the five and seven season they had last year. Yeah, you know, last season was uh, especially confusing because so much of the team came back from the season before. So there wasn't expected to be too much of a drop-off. You know, it was uh, kind of a uh, a rare deal San Jose State had in that COVID season in 2020 to win the conference championship. And the coaching staff, even that was already there, hadn't had much success up until that year. But uh, most of the players were coming back. They did miss two receivers that – Tried to go on to the pros, and that was really felt. The offense just wasn't quite as explosive. And then a few weeks in, their starting quarterback, Nick Starkle, who spent quite a bit of time in the SEC, uh, he went down with an injury. And suddenly this team offensively was not very potent like it had been the year before. And um, the defense, uh, I don't know if it was kind of the chemistry deal with the offense struggling, but the defense wasn't quite what it had been the year before either, which was – even though the offense put up some pretty good numbers in 2020, I felt like the defense was really the strength that uh, led that team. So it kind of fell apart on the Spartans. And then the last four games, they kind of just, they got stuck with a run of teams that were just really playing good football in the Mountain West. Um, You know, Utah State, who ended up winning the conference, Fresno State, who put up 10 wins, Uh, Nevada, who had an NFL quarterback. I mean, they was just, a disastrous November for the Spartans and they only needed one more win to be bowl eligible. So um, there's still, um, even though they lose Starkle, they went out and they got a new quarterback, Chevin Cordero. There's a, still a lot of pieces from that 2020 Mountain West championship. And they still kind of feel like they have enough to put it together this year. If um, they can get things to kind of bounce their way a little better than it did last year. So that was one of a couple spring storylines I wanted to talk with you um, about is that quarterback situation. Tell me a little bit about him coming over from Hawaii. Not going to try to pronounce his name again. I'll I'll, I'll leave that to you. Um, you know, you you were telling me before we started. You also cover Hawaii as well, so that was a pretty good situation for you. You know a lot about him as a quarterback. Um, tell me about that position group right now, because like you said, you know Nick Starkle, Auburn fans knew all about him. That kind of gave them um, you know a little bit of stability there at that position, and now they're turning things over in 2022. Tell me about how he looked in spring practice and and whether he's 100 percent the guy for this season. Yeah, so Chevin Cordero, he really, you know, he was a hometown guy for UH in Hawaii and um, earned the starting job pretty quick there with the Rainbow Warriors, and he was playing really good football for them. And they just had a very uh, toxic locker room culture there with um, their head coach, Todd Graham, who was released in January after so many players really kind of revolted and all their stars basically hit the transfer portal to go somewhere else. And he was one of them, and San Jose State kind of lucked out. They, they've got some connections to the islands, and um, uh, Coach Brent Brennan's actually the cousin of uh, Colt Brennan, who had passed away recently, and so a lot of Brent Brennan in the Hawaiian Islands in the last couple of months just with the um, the services and things going on there. So uh, for a lot of ways, it, it was a quick fit for both of those, for the program and for Cordero, and man, he, he's a very talented quarterback, and he was an immediate upgrade for San Jose State, but they do have Nick Nash, who uh, filled in for Starkle last season uh, when Starkle went down. And Nash was kind of a change of pace. So I wouldn't quite say a wildcat quarterback, but 
someone they would throw in there in place of Starkle from time to time throughout the last two years, even when Starkle was healthy. And uh, I thought Nash also played a, a pretty good spring. He looked pretty good, but Cordero seemed to be at, at a different level to me. And Cordero wasn't officially named the starter, but uh, it did look like he had a lead, and uh, I would be very surprised if he's not starting in September. I did not realize that about Brennan, so that's a that's an interesting little nugget. That's probably something that's super well known, obviously out in that in that territory of the country. Um, but I didn't realize that. Yeah, there was another. Speaking, you were talking about Nevada um, when we started. And you'll have to correct me if I'm if I'm completely wrong um, on this storyline. But something that intrigued me when I was doing a little bit of research about San Jose State is the situation with Eric Scott. So receivers coach from Nevada seems like he brought over a bunch of his guys. Is it two or three wide receivers that he, that he brought over and what does that do for the offense? Um, maybe under Cordero this season. Yeah. He brought in one last year and two more this year. And uh, that's going to be big for the Spartans because uh, as mentioned earlier, receiver was the one position where they were really lacking. They just didn't quite have the athletes to replace what they had lost from that 2020 championship season. Um, one of them that they brought in from Nevada last year, Charles Ross, ended up being one of their best receiving targets last season. And now you look at who they brought in this year, Elijah Cooks. He's been you know, one of the star receivers for Nevada over the past few seasons. And unfortunately for him, he suffered some injuries. But, I mean, he's just such a big target. He's When he's healthy, he has been one of the best in the Mountain West. And so kind of fingers crossed for the Spartans that uh, he can just stay on the field because – if he can, I mean, it's just night and day what he can bring compared to what they've had. And then kind of an under-the-radar uh, addition, I mean, Nevada was just a huge passing offense last season. Justin Lockhart didn't get a lot of those numbers, but he was really the star of spring. Uh, I believe even Athlon Sports caught onto that and put him in the preseason all-conference uh, list for receivers, which I thought was a pretty good research on their end to have a transfer that hadn't really done a whole lot at his previous school crack that list. I mean, he was just spectacular so um he is going to be a very underrated pickup for the spartans and wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, cooks and and lockhart are, are both starting both two former nevada guys as the spartans top two receivers that, that's a very real possibility this year now in these first couple games auburn's got an fcs opponent and mercer and then they get san jose state sort of being looked at as as tune-up games before Penn State, but of course you can't mess around. They messed around with Georgia State last year and almost lost that game. Um, and talking to some people around the program, they've said, yeah, we can, we can probably only mess around one week against Mercer, and then you can't mess around against San Jose State. One thing that's been pointed out to me um, is the defensive front. I, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts um, on that. That seems to be something where, look, Auburn's breaking in a new quarterback. We don't know who it's going to be. Um, seems like the offensive line is actually going to have to play pretty well there in week two, that was something that happened for Auburn against Georgia State. Bo Nix didn't have a lot of time to throw. Their offense was kind of kind of puttered out in that game, and that allowed Georgia State to create a close game there um, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Is that the strength for San Jose State, that, that defensive front, and what else do they do well on defense? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just covering a lot of Mountain West football, um, defensive line is a tough position to recruit in this conference, and um, – especially if you're in a 3-4 defense like San Jose State, you've just got to have some monstrous defensive linemen that are, are tough to, to pull in. And the Spartans have they've figured that out and more. Uh, it's mostly due to the, the super senior deal and the transfer portal and, and junior college recruiting. They've kind of overloaded even with the guys that they have there. But uh, Kate Hall was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year at defensive end in, in 2020. Um, 
didn't have the season that he he wasn't able to quite repeat that in 2021, but it was still solid. I think if he can be a little more healthy, then maybe people realize that he can get back to what he was doing in 2020. And uh, Junior Fajoko as well on the other end, another, you know, not the biggest defensive end, but just really a terror uh, defensive end uh, off the edge. He gets in the backfield a whole lot, a real uh, physical tackler. And then they've got about six, seven, eight deep that they feel pretty comfortable with. Um, they've added a lot of junior college talent. In fact, the 2020 season, that's really what kind of a lot of people felt like, aside from Nick Starkle, a quarterback that really brought the Spartans to another level. They had brought in uh, multiple junior college nose tackles, um, and that made a huge difference. And last year, they suffered quite a few injuries in that group, and, and that's kind of where you saw some things fall off. So. Um, yeah, the, the defensive front is well set. They're going to be able to deploy a second team that's not going to be too big of a drop-off. And um, they also have uh, Kyle Harmon, an inside linebacker. He's the other star of that defense. And they're um, good, probably not great at the um, the rest of the, the back seven, but or back eight in this case. But um, they, they're also a defense that uh, they, they don't quite have the outside linebackers that they've had in recent years. So... You may see them mix things up. They might put four defensive linemen out there since they've got so many and or go with some more nickel packages this year. So they're still toying with that. But they seem to have the pieces to where they're not going to be too deficient at any one spot. So before we look ahead to the matchup, which, again, is super far in advance, and it's not like we're going to break it down position by position or anything like that, but just kind of want to get your thoughts on what you think San Jose State can do in this game. Um, just the program overall. We're now talking about heading into year six. Um, for Brent Brennan, he's only had that one bowl appearance with San Jose State, but you know, their one good, you know, not good season, but their one, you know, spectacular season under him, um, obviously was great. It checked off all the boxes. Um, you know, you did lose that bowl game, but other than that, making it to the championship game, winning, I believe they beat Boise State, right? They beat a Brian Harson Boise State team to win the title in 2020 um, under Brent Brennan, and so just kind of what are the what are the thoughts on the program overall, just from the, the fan base, people around the program, people who run the program um, in terms of what Brent Brennan is doing. Is it going in the right direction um, and kind of what are the projections, win totals, whatever you might want to call it for what this team in 2022 is going to look like? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the fans are still excited, even though last year didn't you know quite carry over what they had in 2020. I mean, as mentioned, what the Spartans were able to pull off in 2020 was just so special that, um, I mean, that's going to buy uh, Brent Brennan a lot of goodwill. Um, you know, he is a guy that has a lot of San Jose State roots. Um, his first two years as a head coach, where he was going from a wide receivers coach at Oregon State, you know, not necessarily what you consider the top of the uh, pecking order in terms of head coaching choices, but and then he gets to San Jose State. They have two really, really bad years, but uh, the 2019 they started to show some promise. They showed the turnaround. They showed how he changed the culture of the program. And one of the big parts about that, that uh, that season that might help the Spartans around in 2022 is that they did go to Arkansas and win that game. And while it's not the biggest SEC victory, of course, in that season, especially, but um, I think that it was a huge deal for San Jose State. It was their first SEC win. It was their first Power 5 win in quite some time. And it, there's a lot of carryovers from that team still that got a taste of big-time football that won't be as phased going into Auburn as they would have been perhaps without that kind of experience. So um, there's still a, a lot of momentum, I think, for the program, but they've got to be 
decent this year. Another losing season is going to start to to wane pretty quickly, but uh, I think this is at least a bowl team. There's a lot of Mountain West teams that just got destroyed by the transfer portal this year. So in my mind, this is a Spartan team that should be uh, at the very least a bowl eligible team, maybe get to seven, eight wins and be about at least the third team in their West division of the conference. Uh, They've got Fresno State and San Diego State ahead of them that were both ranked at times last year. They're going to be tough to top, but uh, this is going to be one of the top half teams of this conference and and should be a a bowl team at the end of the year. Yeah, I should have said, I know I said only one bowl appearance, but you're talking about the trajectory of the program. Um, First two two years for him at San Jose State, three and 22. The last three seasons, 17 and 15. So when you see that kind of turn, um, and like you said, if this team is expected to be a bowl team this season, be in the upper crust, um, of the Mountain West. That's certainly a huge win for a program like San Jose State. I wanted a quick one real quick. Just I thought about this. What were your thoughts on on Brian Harson when he was a coach in the Mountain West? And what was the reaction from that that region of college football when he decided to go to Auburn? Yeah, another one of the teams. I, I cover a few teams out here. Fresno State is one of them. And uh, the Bulldogs clashed with Brian Harson four times in 13 months. It was a very unusual <laughs> set of of the games and I was at all four covering them. Uh, three of them were in Boise. Two of them were conference championship games. And so I got to see a lot of press conferences and uh, get to see Harson a little bit more than I would have otherwise. And um, he definitely has a reputation in the mountain West of being a pretty stern guy and uh, keeping things kind of behind the scenes and just obviously being very successful. Um, Boise state has just been rolling for almost decades now. And uh, he, had no drop off, which it was very impressive. They were always one of the best teams in the conference, and especially during that run. Um, I mean, honestly, things got pretty heated between Fresno State and Boise State in those series, and there were some sound bites, probably from both sides, that were uh, very memorable, and some that weren't too pleasant on either side. So it was very, you know, a lot of highs and lows in those thirteen months, but. Um, uh, not surprised at all that uh, he got a big gig after uh, what he did with the Broncos. Yeah, and San Jose State is one of those games that, talking about him in year two, he's got to get it. Um, you look at this first stretch for Auburn, they actually have five straight home games to open up the season. You look at the rest of their schedule after that, it really feels like they have to go at least four and one. They got to take advantage of that because it's just a gauntlet um, from there on out. Last one, Jackson, then we'll we'll let you go again. Really appreciate you hopping on today. Just Again, we're a couple months out. There's there's no use getting into the nitty gritty of it, but just number one, what are you looking at as we sit here at, on you know June thirteenth? What are you looking at as you look ahead to this Auburn matchup? And then also, you talked about it a bit with that Arkansas game, but what is the San Jose State program kind of? What is their approach to games like this? What have you seen over the years when they're heading to you know a team in the SEC where, of course, they're going to be an underdog? You know, it's kind of picked as the buy game, but. You know, for a for a by game opponent, San Jose State, like we just talked about, they've been kind of on the up and up over the past couple of years. What do you think of the Tigers as you as you look at them from this far out? And then how do you think the Spartans will approach this game in terms of a of an attitude from Brent Brennan? Yeah, you know, this type of game has typically been considered a, just a paycheck for the Spartans for a long time. And that Arkansas win really kind of lit things up for San Jose State. Um, they are a program that likes to do these one and dones and get their money and not try to get a lot of power five schools to come to their stadium and bother with all that. Um, but I think last year that momentum from the Arkansas win and the, the championship the year after 
they still opened the season at USC and or second week at USC thought they might be able to compete there. And it wasn't a too pleasant <laughs> experience for San Jose state. They, they lost pretty lopsidedly and um, kind of uh, wrecked some of the momentum at that point And things started to tumble for that season. So I think there's a mix of um, probably cautious optimism, knowing that just this team is so experienced. They're so much older. They've been in these places before. Uh, they have more success than the San Jose State teams had in a long time. But also that there's some probably levels of talent that they're, they're probably not going to match up well with. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of where some of those matchups might be beneficial or, or hurt the Spartans when the, this game comes around. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's one that uh, at least San Jose State fans are going to be excited about and at least expect to be competitive. In. I'm excited about this one a little bit because uh... – 2014, I was a junior in high school, and that was the first Auburn game I ever went to. Actually, it was my first time ever going to campus when they played San Jose State. Nick Marshall, I don't remember how many yards he had in that game, but he pretty much did uh, did whatever he wanted. But it looks like they're, San Jose State's in a better position right now as a program. And Auburn's, I mean, again, we've talked about it a little bit with the Georgia State game. They have these every few years. I mean, they almost they Jacksonville State, which beat Florida State last year, um, took them to overtime in 2015. Couple years after that, Auburn had six turnovers against Mercer, and I think only won that game by a score. All of those games coming at home. So, if, if San Jose State has a good game plan on the defensive side, if they're able to rattle whomever wins the starting job at quarterback um, for Auburn, I think again, like people I've talked to around the program, this is definitely when you look at those first two games for Auburn. This is definitely the one where they're saying, "Yeah, we can't mess around with this one." Mercer, they can kind of work through some things, maybe play a couple quarterbacks. Um, they actually they want to make sure they have their quarterback by this game and so show some respect i think from auburn side and the auburn coaches for what san jose state has been able to do in recent seasons anyway thank you so much jackson um for jumping on today i know our readers um really really appreciate all that insight on san jose state so all you guys have some stuff in the back of your minds now uh, to think about once we get closer to that game you guys can go follow him at jackson moore 24 7 like you said does a lot of coverage out in that area are there any so you got you got hawaii you got san jose state fresno state are there any other any other ones you're dipping your toes in? Yeah, I'm also in the Pac-12 with Cal and Stanford, so I got all the go. area uh, covered between the Spartans, Cardinal, and Golden Bears. Gotcha. So if you're if you're a Pac-12 person, um, or you you like think checking out things on the West Coast, or you wanna you wanna stay up to date with San Jose State, which you definitely should do as the season comes closer. Like I was talking about earlier, just researching them for not very long, you start to come up with all these interesting um, tidbits. So it, it's an interesting program. I'm really excited to see that game. Um, once it comes to Jordan-Hare Stadium. Jackson, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode, everybody have a good start to the week. We'll talk to you all later.